0: Welcome affiliated listeners to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast where we give you all the marketing tips, tricks, secrets that you need to know to be a successful affiliate marketer or just run your offers to affiliates. So I know it's a big promise. And today we have an amazing guest. Um, We are gonna be talking about something that blew my mind the first time we talked about it, Um, but specifically Yahoo DSP. And if you don't know what that is, you should. And if you do, you're gonna learn a lot more about it and how to utilize it in your business, whether you're an affiliate, whether you're an offer owner, this is a huge opportunity for a different traffic source you probably don't even understand. So I'm really excited to learn more about it, and I hope you'll be excited to listen to today. Um, before we introduce our guest, though, we let's say hello to the co-host of the show, the amazing, the immaculate, the perfect, McChapo Thomas McMahon. How are you doing today, Thomas?
1: Good. None of those things are true about me, but I appreciate it. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to continue. little to nothing about Yahoo DSP, so I'm Yeah,
0: excited. yeah. It'll be really great. Well, I I think for future episodes, we'll continue to build all sorts of legends around your name. Thomas will be perfect.
1: But speaking of
0: legends, let us move on to our guest of the day. We have, Jordan Swanson. So, Jordan is not only super intelligent, super smart, super successful. We had a great conversation at the Supplement Millionaire Mastermind when he shared a lot of this great information with us. Um, we are so excited to have you on today, so excited to have this conversation. How are you doing today, Jordan?
2: I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be here, man. I'm really excited about the conversation.
0: We are as well. Well, with that, um, oh, let's jump into it. And actually, uh, so just so people know, we're going to step forward and then we'll step back a little bit. Beforehand, just tell the people, um, Thomas, Even remind myself, what is the Yahoo DSP? What does that mean? Why is it important? Um, and not even that, just what is it? Just tell us yeah. what it is.
2: And then yeah, we go sure. Through. Sure. So when we talk about DSPs, first of all, I think it's important to understand DSP stands for demand-side platform, and it's in the programmatic world. And when you start talking about programmatic media buying, it can get really complex. There's a lot of platforms but the bot, in essence programmatic media buying is just using real time bidding across multiple channels i mean so you i mean google's you know programmatic facebook's programmatic in essence when i mention a dsp or whatever we're we're talking about using this access, accessing multitude of channels i mean over 50 60 different channels or exchanges that we can use in one interface to be able to get to be able to buy media So Yahoo really had, you know, they've got their Yahoo DSP. And then most people, when they're thinking about Yahoo, they're familiar with it with Yahoo Gemini. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what you guys are familiar with. You've heard of Gemini and everything. So Gemini is, is is their native platform. It's kind of interesting. There's been a lot of changes happening at Yahoo. And they were looking at transitioning Gemini out. Mm -hmm. and making everyone go to the dsp
0: like anyone that's ever dated a gemini they want to get rid of it and stuff that's
2: right (laughs) exactly right yeah 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 and so they were they were looking at doing that but you know we were just talking to our reps last week and now they may not be phasing out as much it's been real it's a really interesting lots going on at yahoo right now but in essence so what the reason with the yahoo dsp and why we've used it. We've been, we, I launched my agency, we launched ReachFire in, in 2016. And we originally were doing Facebook and Google, like every other agency out there. Um, I then saw a big need in native. And so we, so we, start, we really kind of pivoted the agency to focus on native. <clears throat> and then I got into programmatic native, um, saying, wow, there's all these third-party audiences, all this data we can access and apply to native platforms. And that kind of then led us into just programmatic in general, and then it led us into the Yahoo DSP eventually, okay? And the Yahoo DSP, the one of the reasons I love the DSP, the Yahoo DSP versus other DSPs, like the Trade Desk and, and others, is because they've got incredible first-party data. They're a walled garden. And so I we're, as we're kind of entering an era where cookies are going away, we're having all this stuff happen with third-party data, I, I really feel it's becoming more and more critical if you're buying media to be buying within one of the walled gardens mm-hmm. and Yahoo's one of the walled gardens like Google, Facebook, Yahoo has, has, you know, hundreds of millions of users. Um, Yahoo, Yahoo sites that they own are all of Yahoo properties are the most visited sites in the world. A lot of people don't know that, but all the properties that they own, you know, from Yahoo finance, I mean, from all the different Yahoo from Huffington Post, from TechCrunch, all these that they have ownership that they mm-hmm. in. So there's a lot of data that's happening that's going to their site. And so we can access that data plus all their emails and there, you know, there's a lot that we can use. We can access that all and, and be able to create these highly targeted audiences and use native as well as display and connected TV, all these different things to be able to get in front of the audience. And that's how we do it through the DSP.
0: Well, that was awesome. Like definitely lots of questions. Um, I yeah. think a lot, that's why we have a lot to discuss, which is that's really exciting. Right. Um, but before yeah. we go, before we jump into that, cause I do think there's some really interesting things. and really love what you said. Um, first the fact that, I hadn't thought about Yahoo as a most visited website or having access to those, but remembering that Yahoo owns more than just what says Yahoo on it. So that was good. But before we jump in gadget and tech crunch, I'm like, Oh my gosh. I (laughs) I know even Huffington, I had no idea. Like, but again, I don't think I, you pay attention to that part of it. I just, pay attention to anyone that has a yahoo email and think they must be 60 so uh, <laughs> that's um but yeah. before we jump into that um, i actually just was really curious so 2016 you started the agency if yeah. you just give this a very high level kind of 10,000 of you like what were you doing before you started an agency kind of got in the meeting by uh, media buying realm um, and then kind of led yourself to here today what what, what
2: started that journey so I actually, I really, I got into media buying in 2005 and um, I had a company it was, and it's going to seem really random, but I started a, a financial, uh, a, a, a leasing company back in 2000, around 2005, 2006. And it was called Swanson Financial and we did heavy equipment leasing oh. and I got... And don't ask me why we got into it. I actually knew that there was a lot of money in leasing. I had done some stuff with that. I was like, this would be cool. I want to learn this and do this. So we went to New York and learned a lot about leasing and, and and partnered with some banks and stuff like that. So anyway, so I started the company and I realized at the time that I needed to learn how to do marketing in 05. And so I started reading Dan Kennedy's stuff and You know, starting to learn, you know, with magnetic marketing and all those other things. And and then I started doing Google ads and starting to play around with that. And that's where I, so that's kind of the whole marketing avenue. And then in 2008, when the market crashed, being in the finance, my business went under. My first business went under and Mm -hmm. it was a really difficult time. And um, I was fortunate enough then to actually get a job in medical device. So I did medical device sales. And then from there, I went into medical device marketing and then global marketing. <clears throat> and because of that, I started you know, learning again a lot more about digital, about media buying and marketing in general and, and all this stuff. And so I got to the point where I wanted to start another company. And I'm uh, just an entrepreneur. It's just what I, who I am, right? Like, And so um, the medical device company I was working with at the time, i said look uh, here's all i mean i've been doing i was doing all kinds of stuff for them with lead generation stuff that medical device companies were not even touching we're not even doing anything with because they're usually that that field is usually three or four years behind everything Mm -hmm. and so we were doing some pretty groundbreaking stuff for medical device and i said look i'm gonna i'd like to start my own company my own agency and you guys can be my first client and that's what happened so they became our first client and i launched the agency and then the rest is history that's awesome. That is yeah. super awesome.
0: So, sorry. So I, I figured it'd be good to have that. Now, um, Thomas, I've been commandeering so much of this. So let's circle back to the DSP, the exciting things we talked about there. What questions do you have um, for Jordan around what yeah, was shared so far?
1: I'm still a little confused on the difference between, say, DSP and native. Like, where is it? Is yeah. it kind of the same? Is it different? Like, how is it different?
2: No, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. So DSPs include different formats so dsps include you can do native you can do banner ads you can do connected television you can do radio all that's within the one user face within the dsp
1: oh wow okay and
2: so what we developed is we developed a system we call panoptic stacking within our agency and and it's our methodology for buying media programmatically with native So what we use, and so that was one of the big reasons with the Yahoo DSP is that with the other, with other DSPs, I'm going to mention the Trade Desk, they're one of the big, they're one of the big DSPs out there. And we use them, it's a great platform, but um, we found that when we were running on Trade Desk and buying native on Trade Desk, the results were just not as good as when we started buying native through Yahoo. Um, Through the Yahoo DSP and because it's, you know, Yahoo DSP again, because of the data sets that they have and, and then just how native works within Yahoo that's part of it, the results were significantly better than buying programmatically through like the trade desk. So, yeah, so you can, so what our, what we do is we, when we, when we bring on clients, we launch them first with native and maybe native and native video ads. And then we use, as part of the DSP, we'll do retargeting with banners and videos and things like that. So we'll launch with native, we'll drive in there because we can get just great engagement on native. And then we'll use all these other channels to be able to push them down the funnel. If that makes sense. And, does that, does that so make is, sense? Tom? Like,
1: I think so, yeah. So is Gemini rolled into DSP? Is it, is it kind it of part is. of Okay.
2: Yeah, it's part of it. Now, it, there, the DSP gives you additional things. And it's funny because you don't, I'll be honest, this has been like our... We don't talk much about this, okay? The stuff that I, I'm gonna share with you guys, we don't talk a lot about it because it's kind of been our our dirty little secret. You know, we just don't, we don't want everyone to be doing it, but uh, you know, you get to a point like, it's fine. I mean, people can people can go and, and sign up for the DSP and and get kind of get going. It's, it's neat. Programmatics, it is more complicated. I mean, to be honest, it is more complicated because there's so many levers you can pull when you're doing your optimizations. But um, the thing why we love versus buying media through Yahoo Gemini, so you know, because we most of our traffic is native that we run. But the reason we like to buy it through the DSP versus um, you know through Gemini Mm -hmm. is because you have access to so much more data than you would have going through Gemini. So we can create predictive audiences in the DSP based off of customer lists or conversion pixels, whereas Gemini does lookalike audiences. And those are, those are different. Predictive audiences significantly outperform lookalike audiences. Mm. So we can create... Now, if, you're, if someone's using Gemini, if you have a rep, you can ask your Gemini rep to create these same audiences. And, and they can transfer it into Gemini. So they can do that but we create those ourselves within the dsp also in the dsp we get direct access to all their targeting segments so for an example one of the segments we love to use is we love to go we use like to use competition emails so what this is and this is this is pretty this is pretty great this is it's pretty phenomenal is that we can take we can go in with our client and say all right who are your biggest competitors they can give us a list of all their competitors we can put those names into a part of the DSP. We Not the names, but the, the domains. And then we can target ads to people who get emails from those domains.
1: Wow. Oh, what? So, <laughs> so not just yeah, visitors they, to that domain, but actual people on their list who are getting emails yeah, from yeah. competitor.com. Whoa, yeah, that's cool.
2: <laughs> so, so they receive, yeah. So they're on their list and they receive emails from the, so you can target all your competition. That's awesome. So anyone who were, who's on their who's on their list, you know, you can target them. Another killer thing you can do in the DSP. So wait, real, just go back on that. Yeah. So could you also
0: do that for, say, if you knew there were bloggers or content creators, that had email list that you would want to access, but maybe you couldn't. So instead you split like, hey, well, I want everyone that's getting an email from you know, Joe Rogan or JRE or something like that, and find out those domains for those big email lists, and you could target everyone that's receiving that essentially. Yeah if they're on Yahoo.
2: That's super cool. That's another cool thing they have is they have purchase receipt emails. So Yahoo scans every email that goes into it. Anonymous it's all anonymous obviously, but they they have the everything gets scanned. And so if you get a receipt from a company, we can then target people who receive receipt with purchase values over a certain amount within the DSP. Wow. So it's, this is like old, like, I mean, what Facebook used to be, you know, used to be able to do with the amount of data. It's kind of like, it's still there within Yahoo. You can still do, I mean, you couldn't even do that extent in Facebook, but you, there's, there's so much first party data you can use. So for example, if I have a beauty client that wants to target people who shop at, the beauty store, the retail store, let's say Ulta. Okay. Or Mm -hmm. something like that. You can, you can target people who receive emails from Ulta and I can go in there and say, I want to, I want to target individuals who have spent at least $400 in, in this year in makeup from Ulta.
0: So you're looking for my wife is what you're telling me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right. Right So you can do it. You can create those kind of those segments. And that's why, again, I don't talk a lot about it because maybe I shouldn't even be sharing this on, the, on your podcast. <laughs> I, Kyle, Kyle convinced me to come on. I, maybe I shouldn't be, but it's that's really cool. It's a really, and there's even more, there's, 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 there's it's a really, really powerful tool.
1: And um, so just, so that's, so you can do that to anyone that, yeah, that's using a Yahoo owned email, right? So cool. if it was, so it's a, probably a segment of that brand's overall, that's right. List. That's right. Would you then create like predictive audiences on the people that you're cooking through that? So it's like, yeah, you can start to expand from there. So is that how you're kind of layering That's from right. that? Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: Yeah. You can, you can create those, you can create those based off of that. I, th- you know, and so um, there, it gives you a lot of options. So you can even take, you can take, like you said, just like you said, Tom, so you can take a smaller list and then create a predictive audience or a lookalike audience off of that list uh, that you have in there.
0: Well, I love the the idea of predictive verse looks like, right? So you're you're taking the powerful data tools that used to be enriched, like on Facebook, like you said, through third party data, but now third party data is tough. It's a lot harder to to get that data without having pixels and cookies, um, you know, across all your websites and across all these websites, right? So um, no, it's just, I think it's really interesting, um, and then also really powerful because we've seen that obviously apple and these companies are they have tons of data and they yeah. really are trying to basically keep you inside of their data world like you said at the beginning that that um you know behind their wall um but when the wall is that powerful it seems like you could really really take great advantage of it so it's just um it definitely i, I imagine it's almost like you're just getting experience in what inevitably will probably happen with apple and with google like they're they're heading towards these things so it, it makes sense to kind of maybe
2: be ahead of that more than anything so yeah there's and that's a thing with with program with programmatic and one of the things that was so powerful with programmatic you know a few years ago before everything started happening with cookies is that you had all these different data sources that you could access like like blue kai and, and all these other dmps that you could access these data sources and you would use that then across all the different channels but the problem is those those sources have become less and less reliable i mean you mm-hmm. can still target you know stuff from experian or you know you can still pull in a lot of different data sets i mean there's a ton of them that you can use that aren't that are all third party sometimes they work okay but we very we rarely use them because they just they're just not matching as good as they used to with the user, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's, and that, that, and that's that, what I've
0: heard from a lot of that stuff is it's just because they don't have the reach that they used to have, the data is just slowly eroded over time. It's not getting refreshed in the same way.
2: Well, and I, exactly. And I, and I think one of the bigger reasons, I mean, when you look at the new partnership with Taboola and Yahoo, that's going to be launching later this year, the, the, I think the big reason Taboola wanted this partnership uh, and yahoo wanted to I mean, obviously it was mutual i mean they both have massive amounts of you know mm-hmm. they've got a lot of a lot of um a lot of publishers and everything like that so but i i think taboola i think they want that walled garden data mm-hmm. i i mean i think they want to build access to it so what i what i look forward to i think we're on the beta test for later this year but we'll be we'll be buying taboola inventory through yahoo and what that should allow us to do is to be able to take the Yahoo first party data and apply it to Taboola, which hasn't been done before. Wow. And that, so, that's wow. exciting to me. Yeah.
1: So is Taboola, will you be able to access Taboola publishers via the DSP? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. All be
2: the <laughs> Yahoo DSP. Yeah.
0: Well, if it was a secret now, it, and people were like, oh, that's kind of cool. This probably really blew up that opportunities for the secret Like <laughs> <trajectory. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Anyone that's buying at least Taboola traffic right now, because that would just potentially, you know, if true, if it works, right, that could really unlock all sorts of amazing data points for your Taboola ad buying. That's, that's great.
2: I mean, you can imagine if you could run Taboola with Facebook-like targeting, you know, that could yeah. be a game changer. That wouldn't right. suck, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Because right now, <laughs> Taboola, when we run th- Taboola, you've got third-party data sets you can use. So you, so you can do your targeting on Taboola, but it's all third-party data, and it's not... It's really hit or miss. You know, that's mm-hmm. why most people do run a network, you know, when you're running Taboola, you might as well just do that than paying the additional fee to get the data in. But so I'm gonna, what I'm going to be curious, and I don't know the details yet, is I know from a Yahoo side, we'll be accessing Taboola data. I mean, I'm sorry, Taboola sites. But I don't know if you're buying through Tabula if you'll be able to access the Yahoo data. Gotcha. I don't gotcha. I don't fully understand I don't know yet. I haven't heard anything. It could be that they'll now in Tabula you'll have a new interface, a new section where you know you'll be able to access all the, the data sets from all the stuff from Yahoo. I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. So
1: that's really intriguing. How, how does the compliance process work? with the Yahoo DSP right now, like for the creatives are running and the landers are pointing to?
2: Great question. It's a nightmare.
1: <laughs> Even and I,
2: I'm, I, I'll i tell you like my, the bane of my existence, like I, Yahoo's policy team is horrible. It is horrible. So here's the wall
1: part of the garden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It is. I think it's, it's worse. I think it's worse than any policy team I've ever worked with. Really? And, <laughs> The reason why <laughs> their policy team doesn't listen to this, right?
1: We just um, lost all our listeners. Like, oh, okay, well, fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. So the, the challenge, the, they've got a small policy team. <clears throat> they do. It's not, it's not that big. And so they're they're because they've had a lot of layoffs at Yahoo too, just recently. All right. So like our whole account team that we have for us, multiple people were just laid off to be at like a, like a couple, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And so they're have, they've had a lot of layoffs, and I think you know again that's why I think the partnership with Taboola is going to be good for them, and I, th- I think for everyone, hopefully. But their pol- policy is, is rough. It is, and it's 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 you know you'll you'll get something approved, and then they will disapprove it later on after you've spent so much money. I mean, and that happens in other networks. I get it, but it's just a lack of consistency. That's that's some of the hard. That's that's one of the challenges we run into now, and mm-hmm. in that. They don't have like, and for example, if you, to me, it's like if you if you pause if you pause an ad and you have to if you then turn it back on, it shouldn't have to go through policy again if they've already approved it. Yeah. Or we'll have ads that we've specifically gone through with their policy team and gotten approved, and then suddenly it's on to a new person later on that now disapproves everything, mm-hmm. even though we had, we had work with their policy team very specifically. Now, I'll say the good thing about Yahoo policy, um, if you're on the especially if you're on the DSP side, is that. They'll, they'll tell you generally what's, what the, what's not working, you know, what, 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 what you need to change to get it approved. So they'll tell you, so that is really helpful. It's not like with Google or, you know, where it's just kind of this big black box No. So they'll, yeah. they'll give you those insights. So that, that really does help. Um, but then it sucks is that they, you make all the changes that they tell you to, and then a different policy person reviews it and it, it doesn't matter. It's just, that's, that's the frustrating thing about it. But yeah. At least they'll work. At least they'll work with you. You know, it's you're not going to get banned. You know, you don't. You're not going unless you're doing something egregious. You know, but but you're not going to get banned on it.
1: Gotcha. And idea, then, you know. how much do you have to be spending to kind of get a rep there? Or is that how that process works? Yeah. Also? So
2: yeah. yeah, to get onto the DSP, you've got to be spending a minimum. They uh, they say between fifteen to twenty k a month. Okay. Um, to get onto the DSP. You know, it's, it's right around there. And then at that point you can, you'll get a, you'll get an account team assigned to you.
1: Gotcha. Are you like invited? Like if you're spending that much on Gemini, do you get like invited up to the big leagues on the DSP? Like how does that kind of, is like an application process? Like...
2: Um, I'll be on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how they're doing it now because again, they were kind of fading it out with Gemini, but I, I get, now I don't think they are anymore, but Um, they, they usually won't invite you over to the DSP. If you're on Gemini, you'll have to, you'd have to request it. Okay. You have to go on and fill out a form to get on to the DSP. Um, Hence
0: the more reason it becomes a bit of a secret, right? You got to go out there and seek for it to find it kind of thing.
2: It's more, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like you just go sign up for an ad account like you can with, with all these other platforms. You you know, there's, it's a little, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit more complex and you have to be spending a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. Um, but anyone can, anyone can do it. It's just, when you get into the DSP, like I said, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of different levers you can pull. I mean, when you're, when you're doing, if you're doing using the DSP for, for banner ads, you can get so you can get really granular with the levers you're pulling for optimization
0: you know, like can give me just an caninative. example of like how granular you could go? Just kind of spitball. Yeah, head.
2: I mean, so Yahoo, like in Gemini, the DSP uses bid multipliers. So you can bid multiply on everything from, from ads, from weather. So for example, if you notice that people are buying more when it's cloudy outside. Oh, wow. You can actually, you can actually use bid multipliers and bid down on sunny days or bid up on those and so when you're doing and would
0: that be regional too so you'd be able to say in this region we know that it's cloudy so you know bid down essentially
2: it it would basically well it would look at wherever you're targeting whatever whatever is inside that so in in dsps they call instead of instead of ad groups they call them line items Mm -hmm. so basically yeah so you're using the line items you're going and making your all your all your modifications on the line where you're doing your targeting so you can bid you can bid down on on states or cities. You can bid down on you. You just that's the hard. That's it's really cool, but it's also you have to be really careful because when you're if you're pulling too many levers, you will you will over optimize. Yeah, and then you'll kill you'll kill the yeah. campaign. Yeah, you know. So it's like
1: the yeah, everyone on Facebook and Google right now kind of like target things pretty. Maybe not Google, but Facebook they like target things pretty wide, right? Like. really wide audience and let Facebook's algorithm figure out and let the creative speak of the segmentation a bit. It sounds like on Yahoo, you can go back to what it used to be and go really specific with who you want to target and when
2: you can. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I I would say for people, if they're looking at at doing it on the, on the, um, on the native side, there's not a lot. I mean, there, there are obviously bid levers that you can use, but there's not as much. So it's not as complicated. Mm -hmm it's just when you get onto the into the full part of the DSP where it gets it, it can get more complicated you know with with your bidding your bidding strategies on on everything
1: gotcha
0: so just uh um there's one specific area that that we haven't talked about yet that I did want to talk about under the DSP cuz i just find it really interesting um probably cuz i watch too much tv but it is the the connected tv options so that's Essentially, my understanding, that's where you could get in on actual interfaces, UIs for TVs and be running banner ads, Um, which sounds really interesting to me because what a great ad and what a great real estate that gets exposed to so many people. Granted, a lot of different people at a lot of different times uh, might be hard to catch the right one at the right time. So I'm just kind of curious how you found success there. Has that been a good channel for you? How you utilized it? um and just to you talk a little bit more about it cuz this TV nerd is very curious.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean connected connected TV can be r- obviously really powerful. You know, it can be a really powerful channel to use. I I mean so for example, in the DSP you could go in and say okay, I'm going to target these different connected TV channels, you know, whether it's Roku, you know, Roku or or whatever. You can go through and 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 create, you know, target different channels and then you can apply a lot of the first party data to connect television. And then you can also, what we like to use connected TV for a lot is retargeting. Yeah. You know? So when someone visits our site, we can We can then show them ads if, you know, on TV. Um, and that really helps build that brand. You know, you just have to remember with connected television that you're, you should always have like a QR code on your, on your, on your commercial. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a direct response marketer. I mean, that's you know, you can have that, you can have your eight hundred numbers on there. I mean, just just kind of like with infomercials and things like that, when you're doing any kind of direct response, you don't know, incorporate a QR code into the actual commercial. You have to be very specific too. Like you so if you've got YouTube video ads that are working well, you can edit them to run on connected TV and and have success. Do you have like change like the aspect ratio for them? Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, you have There's, there's, there's a few, there's a few things that Yahoo lets you know. Like you just have to, the bit rate has to be a certain amount. Um, The aspect, I mean, the aspect rates, you know, 16 by nine, you know, your normal widescreen. And then um, they have to be exact in terms of their time. Hmm. So it has to be 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, you know, and if you're, if you're one second over, you can't run. So you have to edit it exactly. It has to it has to finish by that time.
0: Gotcha. That's exactly. But
2: know. no, it's 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 yeah, but it it can be it can be really powerful. Um because a lot of people aren't aren't using them. I mean the big brands are doing it now. I mean, so in your CPMs, you know, for connected TV, depends on the channel and everything like that. But you're you're averaging around 25 to you know $50 CPMs right now for connected TV. Um so Sorry,
1: connected TV. That's like through like the streaming services we use and stuff, right? Like if we're going to serve something on Hulu or Roku and things like that. That's right. Is yeah. there, I've seen, cause I've seen a lot of like alcohol brands use it. Cause there's the advertising guidelines are less strict, right? You can actually show someone drinking <laughs> versus, um, you yeah. know, what they can not do on t- traditional TV. So you no, know, it seems like it's a really, do you, would you consider it kind of a blue ocean right now for people? Or is it you the a big budget cause the big brands are jumping in now?
2: Um, you can test, it It depends on, I mean, you can test it for really low budgets. I mean, even if you were to go directly with Hulu, I mean, you can run Hulu through the DSP, but if you go directly with Hulu, they're not requiring a lot, you know, to get started, you know, and, and on the DSP, the only time it requires a lot is if you, if you decide to, Yahoo has some, has a partnership with, um, Verizon Fios and, Mm. and, uh, Dish Network. And I think they're doing something with direct TV, but those are the two right now. So you can actually use connected TV on live television through those two platforms. That is awesome. Yeah. That's now, cool. but it does come with, it comes, you've got You've got to be able to put, you've got to be able to put down at least hundred K to run it. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's not like you can just like a normal connected TV through the DSP. <clears throat> you can run it. You've got a budget of four or $5,000. You can do stuff. I mean, you can run it and, and, you're fine. Yeah.
1: You know. I've seen, like, I've, it seems like some of those smaller cable networks, I guess you'd call them, or kind of streaming networks. Like, I saw a Optimizers ad on Root TV, which is kind of like a Northwest mm-hmm. kind of sports network. I was watching a Gonzaga yeah. basketball game. And I was, was going to say, that, this feels
0: like a Gonzaga moment
1: for sure. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a Gonzaga game this winter. And then, like, a Optimizers ad popped up. I was like, oh my gosh. Because, <laughs> like, why are you freaking out about the supplement ad? I was like, that's a client. <laughs> the Root yeah. TV yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. and I, I imagine there's got to be huge opportunity because I think anyone that streamed live television or even streamed something that, you know, they didn't pay for and so they had to watch ads. So I didn't have yeah. the right tier of Hulu, right? Um, but, you know, the ads are so redundant. It almost oh, makes yeah. them really effective to, one, to find anything new, um, just to not listen to the same, like better works ad. I'm like, if I have to hear about getting hired again, I'm just going to quit everything. TV. <laughs> um, you know, or whatever it is, it feels like you get yeah. like the same Taco Bell ad. Like you go from like loving Pete Davidson to hating him all through whatever episode you might be binging or series You're binging. Right. So, um, but all that being said, it means that they don't have, it seems like the inventory is not being fully occupied. There's a lot of yeah. space there, um, which feels like a great opportunity to get a lot of repetitive eyeballs staring not a lot of competition. You're going to look new and fresh because the big brands have been advertising there for a while, the same damn ads. So um, I think it could be a great opportunity. But like I said, if it's live TV, that's not going to be cheap. Yeah, I would argue probably, I bet for the premium, the eyeballs you get, that might be some of the best ROI you're going to get on a live TV campaign. It um, could be. For that cost, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, the the nice thing about connected TV ads is that they're, they're generally not skippable you know, I mean, which, which sucks as a consumer, right? Like, like if I'm watching something on discovery channel, whatever, we're, we're streaming on one of the apps, you know, and, um, and then it's like, you're stuck, you know, and you've got, all of a sudden you look and there's a little timer and you've got three minutes in the countdown you're like, Oh geez, I've got, but you know, you, you can't skip it. So you're, you are kind of forcing them to watch it. I mean, they could leave the room or whatever, I guess, but but the thing, the thing with connected TV, you have to remember is that every person. I, I, I mean, when you're watching TV nowadays, everyone has their cell phone with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, my, when my wife and I are watching TV, I always tease her. I'm like, I'm like, are you, are you ever going to look up and watch, <laughs> watch the show? I'm like, put yeah. your phone away. Let's watch. You know, I mean, I mean, I do it too. You know, I do it too. But I don't know. Don't you guys? I mean, every time you're when you're, I mean, generally you have your phone out. I don't know. It's just our attention span is so horrible today, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I think it's just what somebody described, it's not a span. It's just how quickly we could process and make decisions Yeah. because we're flooded with so much more. Um, but I think what's interesting is still the, the forced exposure, right? It changes the way that you could write an ad, um, you know, because if we think about it, like I have more time, even though you might not be paying attention, to be honest, if we are talking about traditional TV and traditional, you know, advertising like commercials, um, even if you were there, you'd find something else to pay attention to. Right. You you, yeah. you know, eventually DVR came in and you just like pause your TV, wait for 10 minutes to start your live TV thing so you could skip through the commercials right um at least that's what our family started doing pretty quickly
1: that's right yeah some streamers have even stopped like they've dissuaded that behavior like fubo is like a streaming service i've used and it's uh it's weird like if i if i'm watching something live and i'm trying to pause and do that kind of thing it almost doesn't let me i don't know if it's just like a bug on that side or if they're just like nope you're going to watch ads because that's, <laughs> cause yeah. that's yeah. how we're serving it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, um. so I, again, like you're right. I think that's why the QR code finding ways, I think if you just played with that, you played with knowing that I have probably seen the same ad. Like I remember we almost gave up watching alone. We were watching on the history channel because they kept serving ads up, but it was like three ads, three ads for a whole season of the show. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if, ah, you know, So I think coming in with something that even fed into that, Hey, it's not another ad. Hey, guess what? You have probably heard me five times now, right? Something like that where you could kind of play with that. I bet you could make some, some big headway. And I would argue the fact that the big brands continue to spend there makes me think that it's working. Yeah. Um, also the fact that I have boughten something from a commercial on the ad before, like after the sixth time of it telling you at 10 o'clock that you should get Taco Bell, you might just go get it. You might, like, oh, I, just, <laughs> I don't have enough diarrhea, so I should probably, good. Um, you know, so it just, I, I've seen that stuff work and it's just, it's just super interesting to have access to it. And then I imagine pairing it up with now with that competitor information. So, you know, all the emails they're getting, you know, now what they're watching, where their TV is, and now you, like I said, that through that retargeting, I think it'd be so powerful. Um, such a different place to see that at. I really, really think it's cool.
2: I mean, yeah, you can imagine. I mean, if you're, if you're a small company and you want to really start establishing a brand and I, I think that's a, that's one of the challenges. I think, you know, a lot of companies are like, oh, branding sucks, or I don't want to do branding. I'm just all performance, but, but branding pay, it, it really does. Um. It, it makes it makes a difference. It makes a big difference for companies. It takes time. It takes time to work, right? But but you can imagine if you visit a site and then, you know, you see some video ads on TV for them. The average consumer is like, "Man, this is a this is a solid. This is a big company." Or you know, I mean, they're, I've seen it on TV, where they don't know that you know anyone can do it, right? I mean, it's not it's not
1: expensive. True. You, if, you get know. that credibility. It's like
2: you do. You get that. Yep. You get that credibility that can make that can make a different, big difference in building your brand. Yeah. And so, from a retargeting standpoint, I think everyone should be incorporating it in there. You know, I mean just just getting it out there. Um, you know, from a performance, if you're just look doing it for for cold, you know, just you know, it can, CTV can definitely work for cold and just going out for your initial contact. But you just have to make sure you've got the right things in place to to get the to to make it work for response but no commercial i mean commercials work i mean obviously like i mean yeah it's (laughs) like i I mean we all know that i mean it it, they they do work and we've all bought stuff off of you know commercials or seen something like oh yeah that's Mm-hmm. That's a cool. Does well, anyone
1: have y'all watched anything on Amazon's new free streaming thing, the Freevee? Oh,
2: free the free is it? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, we did watch. I don't that. even know what you're talking. And about. the ads that's on Amazon.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. watching some of the ads on there. I'm like, are these AI generated like obscure <laughs> Amazon products? Like, I'm like, what is this? Like, but they're. I mean, yeah. some are good, but some are just like the most niche little Amazon product getting a 15 minutes or a 15 second spot kind of thing. But yeah, the ads being served on those platforms, but just goes to show that like so many people are getting into the streaming and there's a lot of opportunity to kind of insert ads into these different streaming platforms.
0: Well, and I think especially if you want to get younger, but not too young, right? So I think one of the areas, I think like 35 to 45, it's probably a really nice streaming demographic, even like 30 yeah. to 45. So if you're in that vertical, you have something that's demonstrative or if you're just retargeting, <laughs> it could be incredibly powerful. This is really just a selfish desire to get people to to get different ads in my streaming services. Like that's really all I want. I just, I just want to. Uh, But no, I think it's super powerful. And there's one of the things I know when you first mentioned it had my brain, Just the the wheel started turning along with everything you shared with before, which I I think leads to the natural transition of a lot of people are probably listening to this thinking, great, I want to jump in. Or more importantly, wow, this sounds really cool, but I don't want to start that. That sounds complicated. It sounds hard. And the great thing is they don't necessarily have to. Um, If you're wanting to take advantage of this, but you don't necessarily know how or want to start it yourself, they could actually just work with you, right, directly. So why don't you talk a little bit about how if people wanted to work with you, what that process would look like?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So for us, um, to work with us, you've, you've got to be able to spend a minimum of at least 20 K a month. We don't, we don't work with anyone less than that. Um, because it just, it it takes, it takes time and it takes money to be able to figure out something to make it work. Um, I mean, anyone who's run native knows that you're, you're going to, your budget's going to need to be bigger on native because you've got so many publishers you need to test and all the different, you know, there's a lot that needs to happen. And I, I will say this: so, so you know, a minimum of that, you've got to have a proven product. <clears throat> you don't want to come to us if you haven't proven that it, that your product sells online. You know, I mean, you really want to have some proven funnels. Now, the funnels can work very differently, just like in like how a native funnel and a Facebook they all they all perform differently. Um, but you want to have you want to have a basis. You want to be able to have some stuff, and you and you and you want to come in and look at it as a as a long term play, because I think. Um, it, it takes, I mean, I tell people, you know, look after, you know, you've got to give it around 60 days to really start to see, to get a chance to really fully optimize, to get it to where it needs to be, you know, it depends on what, how many channels you want to access. So for example, someone can come to us and we can do, we can do native primarily with them and then do some banner ads for retargeting or some CTV on there. Um, but then there's other things. I mean, we can, we do, you know, you can do, through the DSP digital billboards, you know i mean there's there's you know there's there's a lot there's a lot you can do so wait so
0: you're talking like digital billboards like brick and mortar billboards on the side of the yeah. street that have digital interfaces you could just like plug in across the country yeah and just wow that is super cool
2: yeah so if you've got if you're if you're making a big branding play you can do digital you can do it's called digital out of home so you can do billboards you can do there's there's coke machines and other stuff like that that have ads on it you can tap into that through the dsp so <laughs> you can have ads, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. This is what the, and this is, programmatic is what the Fortune 500 companies are using. I mean, that's that's they all use it, and so it gives you it gives you access, you know. To now, digital out of home isn't going to be a, I mean, a strong performance player. I mean, it, but it's really going to be there to, you know, to to build your you know credibility to build your brand. I mean, so it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, they can with digital. It's pretty – the tech they have, though, and it's kind of scary, is that they can get an accuracy based on your cell phone data.
1: I was just going to ask if if they can match that, yeah.
2: (laughs) They can get it. I think it's within five meters of something. So if you go into – you can actually set up campaigns to target brick-and-mortar stores. So what happens is you can target people who have gone into – let's say I've, I've got a fitness product. I can target people who go into Planet Fitness based on the apps that they have on their phone. Um, and, and you can go in now. You, so, so you can run a campaign and say, anyone who's been to Planet Fitness over the last 30 days, at least once, I want to show them ads. And you can do that in the DSB. That's that crazy. is so cool. We're very close yeah. to a
1: future where everyone's going to see different ads out in the wild, right? Just walking oh, by yeah. displays. and going to show different things for different was
2: people. That, like, or... min- was that Minority Report? What movie was <laughs> yeah. that where they were? Yeah, Have like, <laughs> well, you see, they, I've they... seen
1: that? There's an airport. I can't remember which I'm one. Where how it's many... like, it has a dynamic. It'll show you your flight. It, actually, it can work up to like 100 people. It's a giant screen. And once you get through security, it shows you your flight uh, details and which gate to go to. So oh, everyone's oh, nice. looking at the same screen, but everyone sees a different thing.
0: Oh wow! I mean, I've I would just think that. to use your phone and the app. But it's would, this new know. tech
1: that they're kind of highlighting for this airport there. But imagine that on billboards, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. In a sports stadium where you can show that person's gonna see this ad, right? I mean, that's getting a little yeah. futuristic. I but imagine really the spousal crazy.
0: debates that could cause. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of divorces that happened because somebody, somebody saw their spouse's ad and they're like, what the hell? So, yeah, I'm in right. the wrong demographic. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that, that's, that's amazing. It's really great stuff. So, um, well, and what we'll do is we'll be sure to get the link to your website too, for people to get in contact so they feel that they, yeah. they, you know, they reach kind of those minimums that spend sounds good. Um, but, but really this has been a fantastic conversation. I know we're getting close to time. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I just want to say thanks so much, Jordan. This is really, really super insightful. I think um, it's always great when you get to talk not only about you know new things, but really a new traffic channel that isn't necessarily new, but feels new, feels different, um, and, and definitely something we are not hearing people utilize. So um, as much as I know it, it pains you to bring out your secret just a little bit, um, I think it's really powerful, and I really encourage all the offer owners out there. If you um, If those spend constraints sound great to you, you're like, yes, this is perfect. You need to be talking with Jordan and his team. Um, This could really unlock a powerful thing in your business. Really, really huge stuff um, that I think you're going to see more efficiencies, uh, more acquisition, and definitely, I think, some really powerful brand playing or even just retargeting and getting those conversions to a new level. Um, It's really amazing stuff. So, um, Thomas, any other last questions for Jordan or anything you want to mention about this crazy good conversation?
1: I, I could tap into your genius for a while, Jordan, if you let me, it's uh this is fascinating stuff and just love to hear about new traffic channels that people can be exploring, whether it's through you or kind of going and learning more about themselves. Cause yeah, we're, we're all used to the big, you know, the big ones, the Facebooks, the TikToks, the native, right. is a bigger quotes in YouTube, but these we're almost a niche, which is kind of silly because obviously you've highlighted that this is a huge traffic source and it covers a large swath of the internet, <laughs> but the fact yeah. that, yeah, there's still first party data out there that you can tap into. That's incredibly powerful. And you can go back to Facebook of three plus years ago, right. And kind of get that kind of targeting is pretty powerful stuff. So thanks for highlighting all this for us.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. And anything, uh, anything you want to mention before we let you get going or any other final statements, then we'll let you get going and, um. Have a
2: great rest of your day. Yeah. No. Thanks. Hey, it's been gr- it's been great coming on and and talking with you guys. And there is it's just for people to know there's a, there's a lot of traffic opportunities out there. There's a lot that's out there and it's available for you. And so you're not confined to just a just a one or two channels. So take advantage of it. Beautiful. Well, everyone, uh, again, thanks so much for the time. Please rate,
0: review, subscribe, comment, tell us what you'd like to hear next. What are the things that the questions you're asking yourself, maybe it's the people that you'd like to hear from. Um, We do listen. We do take that feedback and go out and try and get you exactly what you want to grow your business today, tomorrow, um, and long into the future. So uh, with that though, um, until next time, what do we tell the people, Thomas?
1: Happy scaling everybody.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Awesome. Have a good one. Bye.